had a good session this past session, and I think that that will provide a, a great baseline of where to begin our work this coming year. MDOT presents the Extra Mile Podcast Legislative Session. Got to have the ability to get their product to market. As long as you're performing, we want to be behind you pushing. Welcome in to another edition of the Extra Mile Podcast Legislative Session presented by the Mississippi Department of Transportation. I'm MDOT Public Affairs Deputy Director Paul Catool. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host Will Kraft, who is the Public Affairs Director. Today's episode is being recorded on March 9th. We like to note that the session moves pretty fast. And uh, Will, we are truly sprinting towards the finish line of the 2023 legislative session got it wide open that's right wide open is will's uh, buzzword there and during today's episode we're going to be joined by a new guest mdot chief of staff jeff ely a man who does a lot behind the scenes to <laughs> to make the agency go jeff thank you so much for joining us today yeah, thank you for having me jeff is uh jeff's done a lot and he's a stalwart as you just mentioned he's, he's been here for a while so um Occupying that chief of staff role, a little bit newer than uh, a lot of the other things you've done. So you got into that in 2022, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, 22. So, so I want to learn a little bit about you for the folks in the district's office that may not know, or even outside, right? Uh, chief of staff handles a lot of important stuff. So we got Jeff on today. Um, so what kind of work were you doing uh, before moving into that chief of staff role? Well, start from the beginning. I started in planning division. Uh, eventually moved up to the director of planning division served there for six years uh, in 2018 uh, was offered the position of assistant chief for pre-construction right. uh, MDOT has three assistant chief roles pre-construction operations field operations while I was in the pre-construction role we had uh, one of our three retired so for there was a period where we uh, consolidated the work between two of us it, it got pretty uh, <laughs> It got pretty crazy for a while, but eventually we brought on a third and then reshuffled all of the roles. And then I, I moved out of the pre-construction role into operations. So I've, I've served in two of the, the three roles. Um, and then in February of 22, became chief of staff. And, and my claim to fame is I am the longest serving chief of staff. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that has, has had. Uh, my predecessor was in the role for about six months. and. Uh, before that, you know, it didn't exist. That's so. right. Yeah. Jeff, can you tell us a little bit more about that role? What do you kind of do day to day? Yeah, day, you know, it. What do you not do? What, yeah, what do you not do? There's not a, there's no two days that are ever the same. You know, a lot, a lot of days I come in with, you know, plans and good intentions and, and it goes in a totally different direction <laughs> sure. from, from what I expected. But, you know, my, my main goal is to is to serve the staff, to make sure that the staff has the resources that they need to, to serve the traveling public. Um, beyond that, I, you know, I support the executive director and whatever, you know, he has going on at the time. Um, but but really it's you know it, you know some matters are, are technical in nature um some some matters are you know more more personal just bouncing ideas off off of each other and uh it's just it, you know it's been exciting it's exciting every day you, you never know what's going to happen sure and i appreciate the dynamic that you and brad have um you know he's often said having you in that role was so so critical and beneficial because he's not the engineer right he, sure. he's a decision maker and a great leader he's awesome for our agency but 
he really, uh, I think, values having your engineering experience and expertise on a lot of things. So I think that dynamic between you guys works really good, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was a little intimidating at first when you're the <laughs> chief of staff for the chief of staff of the governor, two U.S. senators, and, sure. you know, a, another state agency. But, um, the, yeah, the, the dynamic is, is, is really good there, and, and I, I think that uh, it, it's, it's effective in, in helping the department. I hope it is. <laughs> oh, I would agree. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to give you an opportunity as the chief of staff to kind of sell working at MDOT. You know, we just had Engineers Week, but you know, if you're in any, if you're interested in any kind of career, we have a lot of different kind of things here. So sell the agency, sell MDOT for us, Jeff. Yeah, well, I'll tell you. You know, 21 years ago, I didn't envision myself working for the state or, or you know, wor working for MDOT. Um, and then you know, it's just how the Lord led me here, and and um, things just progress naturally you know um it's certainly been exciting uh you know there's always uh, there's always something new a new project to work on something very unique um you get to work with a, a lot of great people you, you internally you know you hear a lot about the MDOT family and, and I'm telling you you don't really realize that dynamic until you've you've been here and you've you've been a part of it um so you know I think every young EIT for a period, goes through a period where they, they work for MDOT and they look, you know, is this really where I, I need to be? And of course, I, I went through that um, and, and you know, uh, came out the other end with an offer. And, and after really thinking through what, what I had here and, and what was available on the other side, you know, I, I just I, I didn't want to leave here and, I, and I'm glad that I didn't. So um, I, I've been with MDOT for 21 years. Of course, you know, people get to a certain point in their career where they start counting down the days or looking at w what retirement looks like or, you know, how long do I need to be, you know, and I have I have never run the numbers. I have no interest in running the numbers, and I'll be here as long as, you know, as long as it works out for in the best interest of the agency because, you know, it's just it's just a great place to be. No doubt. That's the MDOT awesome. family is real for sure. Yeah. It's not just and a thing. If I'm not mistaken, you uh, there's maybe a couple of the assistant chiefs you were in school with as well? Or, uh, um. Yeah, well, so two of them are a little ahead of me, and uh, one of them is, is well behind me. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, that's the other thing about MDOT is, is you know, you, as you go through engineering school, you, you get really close with, with the folks you're in school with, and um, you're studying together, you're, you know, you're just doing life together. And then when you come to MDOT, you know, um, you're a, a lot of those people you know, you end up right. crossing paths, whether it's, you know, working at the agency here or, you know, some of them are internal, we, you know, we still uh, stay connected, you know, through work. So, yeah, it's it's really neat. And my, yeah, and my point, to, I guess I should have added the context there. My point to that was that, you know, you, it, it's maybe more so than other places you grow together. Right? That's right. You end up being here for, for such a period of time, and, and that family feeling is very real. Um, I'll attest to that. Only having been here since 2018 and uh, only now having been in a new division for about a week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, everything about MDOT is very much family feeling. Um, Want to have a great place, you know, a great place to come to work and enjoy. It'll never be, as we've said before, uh, going to work is probably not going to be the same as a, a week in Mexico, a vacation. Sure. sure. But you don't want to hate your life. You know, you don't, you don't want to uh, dread coming to work. And I've never found that experience uh, or have, have never seen that in, in my time here. Uh, so Can vouch for that as well, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you, you deal with some very important things. Funding is a very important thing. Uh, it feels like a million years ago, but it wasn't too long ago, the governor kind of rolled out an announcement, a $1.3 billion shovel-ready capacity kind of list. Can you kind of break that down for us, uh, what all goes into that? 
Yeah, so uh, th- that proposal, I mean, y- y- it got us all really excited because, uh, right. you know, we've, we've dealt with a flat budget for a, a really long time. Last year, the legislature uh, provided some additional resources to do more paving, to do some capacity projects. When I say capacity, you know, it's a new alignment to a road or adding two lanes to four lanes, something like that. Um, and so, you know, have, having that momentum going and the governor coming out with his, his proposal, that, that was a, you know, it was a, it was a heavy lift. It, it would have gotten a lot accomplished um, or could get a lot accomplished. Uh, of course, you know, last year we dealt with a lot of inflation and things like that, which, you know, the, the price of milk getting what the price of milk was, <laughs> 20 eggs. I mean, you know, <laughs> um, so. You know, it, it's, uh, it, it's it's really exciting to see that the the projects that he was proposing came straight out of, of MDOT's three-year plan. Uh, and to me, that shows some collaboration uh, between, you know, MDOT, the legislature, and the uh, and the governor's office. You know, they're, everybody's everybody's working toward the same same goal. When they're pulling, when they're looking at projects that that are planned, and you know, we're not looking at something that. You know, it's a new concept. That that's that's a really big deal to us because it it does take a long time to get a new project going. So being able to pull from existing projects and 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 implement what we were able to start, you know, last year with with through the legislative funding, uh, is is uh, has the potential to to be really big. And for sure. Excellent. And I just pick you back off of that right onto our next one. Um, <clears throat> you know, we got the governor's office out there out front making the announcement and. Uh, like you said, the $1.3 billion package rolling out. A little bit different looks uh, as far as what the legislature's kind of packaged up to this point. You know, we're, we're still by no means through the process. Uh, things could totally be different in two weeks. Uh, or we could rock this baby as it looks right now all the way through. It could change. But what about the legislative package that we've been looking at this past week? Yeah, so the, the Senate came out with a, a proposal that was um, $480 million for those capacity projects. Um, in addition to that, $100 million for the emergency road and bridge repair program, which, that, if you're not familiar with that, it's, it's had a huge impact on uh, on the on the state and a lot of the local bridges. We've we've been able to get a lot accomplished through that, uh, and then $40 million in in federal matching funds, which supplements what came out through the federal government a few years ago. Um, as that moved into the House, it grew a little bit. You still have the $100 million for emergency road and bridge repair program, the $40 million in match. They add, they increased the 480 to $650 million. So wow. obviously we can get more accomplished uh, with the additional funds there. And then there's, uh, in, there, in the uh, House's proposal, there's $10 million uh, for the multimodal program. So we, we currently have a, a MDOT invest $10 million into transit, aeronautics, rails, and ports and waterways uh, every year, and this will supplement that. So you're, you're essentially doubling that, that program. Uh, and that actually, um, the House's version passed through the Senate today and has gone to conference. So we're real optimistic that, that you know, we'll, we'll, we'll all come out very well. Hot off the press, That's folks, right, right there, right. Right, out <laughs> of com- right out of committee today. No That's doubt. Right. Lots of, it's really good to hear that transportation is the forefront of the conversation over there across the street. No doubt. Um, let's shift a little bit. It's a big election year in Mississippi, and uh, with elections come campaign signs, and there's an MDOT element to that. Can you kind of talk to us about the, you know, the safety and kind of litter elements of campaign signs? Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, so, you know, there's there's state laws that, that uh, restrict how we, you know, where certain objects can go in within the right of way and and the commission does have a policy on campaign signs uh, but just to kind of hit the high points is you know no signs on the interstate and of course 
you, we see those, <laughs> you know, that, that happens. Um, we don't want anything that's going to be a safety hazard. So, you know, if it's in an intersection and it blocks uh, sight distance for somebody who's trying to cross through an intersection or make a turn, that, that's dangerous. We, you know, don't need to be there. Um, and then the, the other thing is uh, if, you, you know, it, it, summertime's coming and, and we'll be mowing and uh, you don't want anything that's going to interfere with maintenance. So, so what we do is if, if they're not in compliance with, uh, with the policy, we'll, we will remove the signs and we'll take them to an MDOT location nearby so that, you know, they, they can come get them if, if they choose to and we'll hold them for a period of time. But um, to be honest with you, you know, our, our, our workforce has, has shrunk from somewhere around 3,000 plus employees and to about 2,500 and, and a lot of that is in our maintenance area. So um, we, we do our best to, um, uh, I guess, carry out the, the policy, but, you know, we're not going to get every sign and we're not going to actively go out and take down a sign that doesn't need to be taken down. Uh, if, you know, somebody's got one that's in the, what they would see is in their front yard and they mow their front yard to the to the road, you know, that that's not you know much of a priority for us it, because you know uh it now if they're in our right away and it's somewhere that we we mow that you know you don't want to chop it up that's <laughs> right that, that becomes litter so that's uh, exactly right well and what you just said litter I, a little bit on my own uh <clears throat> soapbox here but you know uh, i've put out lots of campaign signs in in my short lifetime already i've worked on plenty of campaigns and um you know i've i've found in my experience it wasn't really ever that difficult to find out where you could or could not put signs and that they would be safe and they're fine. Maybe it's gotten harder. I don't know. Um, but that being said, you know, if you're out there, you're putting signs out, campaign signs, especially if you're the one running for the office, you know, you wanted to do this, you want to get in this position to better your community, to better, you know, people's lives around you. Well, pick your signs up afterwards, right? We don't want to leave those things sitting out there in litter, especially county roads growing up in D-Lo, Mendenhall. I, th I think there are still signs for people that ran for office 20 years ago, you know, <laughs> nailed the trees and posts. Uh, that you see just driving down the little roads. Um, so that, that was my soapbox on there. Just pick your signs back up, folks. Let's keep yeah. it clean out there and uh, get it picked back up. Don't trash Mississippi, right? That's right. That's right. There we go. <laughs> just one more thing. Legislative hearing today on infrastructure, roads and bridges. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us what kind of went down with that? Yeah, absolutely. We, we had some good conversations this morning. Uh, and, you know, the, uh, the way this hearing this morning worked was uh, – the, the Senate was in, invited to come and, and, and meet with the staff, or we were invited to go and meet with the Senate, I guess is what I should have said. <laughs> uh, and, and, and they, they you know, came through in, in small groups, you know, so we did a third, a third, a third. Um, and just had, it was an opportunity to sit down with senators and, and just, you know, just to talk, just to explain how MDOT funds were. You know, MDOT's a very complicated uh, agency. Uh, our funding is even more complicated because you have federal requirements, you got state requirements. Um, so it was an opportunity to sit down, kind of from a high level, explain how our funding works, and uh, talk through any questions that they had. And, and uh, you know, we enjoyed the opportunity. We appreciated being able to do that, and we could, you know, tell that that you know I think it was beneficial to them. And you know, we we walked away with uh, some items on the to do list, sure. and, and we'll follow up on those. But uh, it's just always a good opportunity to sit down with with the folks across the street and. And, and make sure we're hearing what their, you know, what their needs are. Yeah, yeah awesome. hey, coming from the public affairs folks, uh, public affairs folks down here, we love communication. So sure. anytime we're over there communicating, I think it's probably a good thing, most of the time anyway. Um, all right, let's hit the big one. Uh, I know you're all out there tuning into a transportation and political podcast to hear us talk about food. So 
Here it comes. Mr. Ely, uh, you spend a lot of time driving around? I don't know. But we know we all like to eat. So I'm curious if you have a favorite, maybe a local Jackson Metro place to stop in or uh, maybe a hole in the wall or somewhere when you're traveling. I know Starkville's a hub for you, but uh, sure. is there is there a food favorite out there somewhere? You know, there is. Uh, and uh, as much as I've traveled the state, I always go back home. I grew up on the coast. I grew up in northeast Jackson County. And, uh, you know, seafood was a big part of the diet uh, until I moved up here and, you know, things are a little different. But um, Bozo's Grocery. Bozo's Grocery okay. in Pascagoula is one of my favorites. Uh, as a matter of fact, anytime I need crawfish, I'll still drive down there because I checked today it's $1.10 a pound for oh, wow. a live crawfish. So, so yeah, that's that's my favorite. Uh, that's very that's fair, very fitting as well. No doubt. Someone else mentioned that. I think so. Maybe. I'm not going to guess, but someone else has definitely mentioned that mentioned the restaurant on the on the podcast. Well, appropriate for the time of year as well. Let's get some crawfish going. Yeah, that's right. We're no gonna doubt. get Jeff to host crawfish bowl now. <laughs> we'll do it. There we go. <laughs> Jeff, thank you so much for coming in and speaking with us. Lots of great information behind the scenes of M Dot. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, let's just wrap things up. Thank you for our listeners tuning in to the Extra Mile podcast. Remember, you can watch and listen to episodes by visiting goemdot.com forward slash the extra mile. Follow us on social media at Mississippi DOT is the handle. We want to thank our producer, Katie Hornsby, our editor, Drew Hall. And remember to drive smart out there on Mississippi highways.